guys and girls this morning. We've got a very important guest, Mr. Anthony Mackie. Hi, Mark. Hi, guys. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Anthony. Thanks for having us today. <laughs> it's a We are going to be talking about um, Anthony's a solicitor and a very, very well-known solicitor on the Northern Beaches, HPL. Um, in fact, I think you guys are the largest law firm on the beaches. We are, I think, yes. We've, we've grown to a team of about 25, 30 solicitors and conveyances and staff, so we very much enjoy servicing people on the Northern Beaches and working with you guys. Yeah, we do. We, we actually do a lot of work together. Um, we don't refer easily, but we it's easy to refer to these guys because they're phenomenal at what they do, but they're also available when we need them, and that's an enormous part of it. What are we talking about this morning, folks? Bad stratas. Um, yeah. And because a lot of buildings these days, defects are very easy to issue these days. People are happy to get litigious very quickly, and it's scaring off buyers um, for good reasons sometimes, but more often than not for bad reasons. So we wanted to talk a little bit about what a good strata looks like, what a bad strata looks like, and I love with Anthony that practicality side of Anthony because you're doing so many thousands of transactions. You can come from a, a numbers side of things and go, yeah, you know what? There is a problem when there's not a problem. That's right. Look, Mark, we will never see a perfect strata report. So whenever someone's buying into a strata building, they need to appreciate that there are always going to be some issues. And it's really a commercial matter of working out can I live with those issues? If the issues are significant, can we quantify those issues? And is there a buying opportunity to go back to the vendor and say, look, I understand that a special levy is proposed and how can how can that be reflected in the purchase price? And depending on the nature of those issues, it's an opportunity to actually make money because the building, if the, if the rectification relates to upgrade works, painting new balustrades, rendering, you're going to be left with a, a much superior product and that being the case yes the twenty thousand dollar special levy may hurt the inconvenience of the works may hurt but the end result is going to be something that that twenty thousand dollars is well spent so i think you need to look at the, the nature of the special levy is it is it improvement is it upgrade works or are we just talking about fixing concrete cancer or waterproofing issues that you aren't going to see any bang for your buck it's an example that i had a unit the first unit i purchased which i still own had a problem with um the balcony fell off it right all together all together the whole balcony oh no like one to a chunk of it like two by two wow 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 and when they replaced the balconies on all of the units yes i said to them hey can we render the building while we're there at least if yes. we've got scaffolding up let's make the building look a bit nice it was like a face brick building um yeah that didn't happen Right. Okay. So, and also, I actually we we did a deal together, Anthony, on a property not that long ago. Um, the strata report was significant in terms of the proposed works. I think it was um, something around three point eight million dollars thereabouts. Don't quote me on this. But we actually had negotiated, um, or I had negotiated with that purchaser to get thirty thousand dollars off to get the deal over the line, and that was just sort of safeguarding them. Um, so there are ways around it. You can actually negotiate around it. A great solicitor will advise you and a great real estate agent will assist you um, negotiating around it. What are some other things that you see, Anthony, with strata reports? A common issue is the fire upgrade orders. So oh, it's, big. it's big. So 
new buildings tend to be okay, older buildings... Can we just talk about what that is for a sec? Sure, sure. So, so council's basically wanting to ensure that all buildings comply with current fire safety standards. So new buildings should already do that. Older buildings, some come, some buildings are waiting until they're audited and other buildings are taking the initiative to start doing the works now. Um, the cost of those works can, can differ significantly depending on the size of the building, proximity to boundaries, proximity to good water sources and what works have already been done. Um, so if your building hasn't already yet upgraded, the risk to the buyer is what is going to be the cost of those upgrade works. So in an area like DY, guys, where we operate a lot, we see a lot of 1970s-style apartments. Yes. Um, and we're dealing with this a lot. And it is, I reckon the first question buyers ask is, what's the price of the property? The second is, have the fire upgrades been done? Because the works can be significant. Um, but again, we do see it a lot and it's kind of, it's tricky, right? Because the older builds yes. need the upgrades. The new builds have got their own realm of teething problems and probably won't build as well as maybe that 1970s style builds. So let's just talk about fire upgrades. Um, just back over to you, Anthony, if we can, because uh, sure. this is a big one. It is, it is. So it's usually the case that if council issue an order on the property, the strata will go out and get a consultant to work out what works need to be done. And then they'll go back to council with a plan to say, look, we can't expect buyers to be poor or owners to be paying twenty, thirty thousand dollars this year. How about we stagger the works over three or four years? And council normally will accept that. So that once we know what the works are going to cost, you can then budget to get the works done and a buyer has a good idea. The problem is if the buyer if the works have not yet been scheduled, the costs haven't been obtained, the buyer is going in blind to some extent. So all we can say is, again, look at the type of the building, look at how many levels, look at proximity to, to boundaries, look at where good water sources are, but they're all clues as to where that final bill will actually reach. What do you mean good water source? If you're in an old area where it, where there is, uh, well, the starting point is, is that these, these fire upgrades need certain size diameter of pipes to, to service the building and within a close proximity. So if you have, say, a strong jet of water. Well, that's correct. So if you have you know, two large multi-storey buildings on either side of your property, you know you're in close proximity. So you're not having to drill under the road or drill from 100 metres away because that's where all your cost is added. So oh, get that yeah. water, get that supply of water to the front of your building or to close proximity. So that will dictate the price as to whether or not the special levy is going to be twenty, thirty, dollars or $40,000. Are you cold? It is a little bit cold out here, but... I'm really <laughs> if, if the level of the building is, say, six storeys and you're right next to a boundary, you know they're going to be asking you for uh, fire sprinklers on top of windows. Um, but if you've got nice setbacks from each side, less, less work, less infrastructure, less costs. So the other thing that we see is special levies coming up for, we were talking about these balustrade upgrades and balcony upgrades. I just sold a beautiful apartment yesterday, 79 um, DY Parade. It's an, in DY, an older style building, but they had just done the beautiful um, glass balustrading. Right. So they've ripped off all the old balconies and put on the glass balustrading. Now, if you are paying, having to pay a special levy for something like that, that is also adding value yeah, to your property. Definitely. And I'm confident that that was a big part of the reason why the property sold, because the block looked beautiful. You know, we, as I said, we have these beautiful new glass glass. Um, balconies, but strata can be a really beautiful thing. We were mm. talking about it last it's like night Mary, like at Mary. our first home buyer. 
it can be an absolutely beautiful thing. Um, just because there is a whole lot of stuff going on in a strata report does not necessarily mean that you should be steering clear of that property. You need to get some good advice from your solicitor, good advice from your real estate agent, dig deep. Often a strata manager will not talk to a prospective purchaser. They will only talk to the lot owners of that actual property. That's right. And the other thing is show that strata report to a builder. Let a builder actually oh, look at some of those issues and say, look, these cracking, these they're not structural issues, they're cosmetic issues. Or if these waterproofing works are required, then yes, it's a significant issue. Stay away from it. Or no, it's it's, it's more of a maintenance issue that um, can be easily dealt with. So get some solid feedback because it's not really the lawyer's role to be providing building advice on the Shrider Report. Agreed. But yeah. uh, you know, so if a lawyer's got a building background or some commercial background, they've seen enough of them to know about it. But definitely get your builder to have a look over that Strata Report. Yeah. And just on that, guys, I had a um, deal yesterday where a um, purchaser, the, actually the purchaser who ended up purchasing a property off me in DY, said, before I do anything, I want to get through a Peston building person. Um, what you may not know is it's kind of a little bit of a waste, and by all means do you due diligence, but it is a little bit of a waste of money because that that pest and building inspector can only get into those four walls. They can't look at common property. Um, you know, they can't obviously look at roofs and things like that. So, yeah, just, um, you know, as I said, it's not overly necessary with a lot of these apartments, but by all means do you due diligence. What's the... Um, what, what's probably the, the, the biggest thing that you see in these strata reports? Is it the fire upgrade stuff? It, it varies from suburb to suburb. So, as you said, in, in DY, we saw a lot of concrete cancer for those buildings that were built um, in, in the 70s where they... It seems like it slowed down a bit now. It slowed down a little bit. So they've worked out issues along the way. I mean, my favourite era, I think, is the 80s and 90s. So in the 80s and 90s, they got over the concrete hand, so they realised what sort of distances they should have been keeping from their balconies and how to right. properly how to properly avoid that. And, and they weren't yet at the eras where they were building these buildings very, very quickly. And it's a lot of these later buildings that... that basically go up a level a week. So you love it, 80s, 90s, 90s, early 2000s, just a solid... I reckon that's a sweet spot. It's a nice, solid, well-built concrete slab, brick, and there's no shortcuts, and and, uh, they're the ones where we're seeing less less issues. So, yes, they may not look as fancy as the brand-new ones, but long-term, I think they're going to be some good solid returns there because yeah. you're not spending money on special levies. So oh, in the early 2000s, they started getting dodgy. They started working out around the Olympics how to build quickly and where to cut corners. I thought of a lot of that. Chiprock. Chiprock. Have you ever seen a strata report with nothing in it? No. no, no <laughs> there you no. go. They're always talking about something. There's always something. There's always something, always something on yeah. the horizon. It's just a commercial risk that you have to take with buying into strata. Exactly. Do they allow all Serbian people to go into all stratas now? Um, Mark Serbian, just in case you're watching. Yes, yes, they have. They, there was a case against... Finally. There was a case, there was case law that said, no, finally. you can't discriminate against Mark anymore. Finally. Yeah, finally. Uh, I'm just not sure they allow all Mark Novak's in, though. So this morning, Anthony and I got up at 4 o'clock, 4.30. We started walking. Then we went to the gym. Then we went for a walk. And then we just had buffet. And a swim. And a we swim. swam in the harbour. I just actually was... Are you swimming the harbour? We swam in the harbour, yeah. Mark swam, oh, was, Mark swam across to Luna Park and back. Wow. <laughs> it was crazy as an animal. 
but I just had I just had so much food. But I he did. I can verify. Yeah. He even had an ice cream. Had an ice cream cone after breakfast. <laughs> after the toast, the French toast with caramel sauce. After the pancake with Nutella. Now he's going to complain all day how sick he feels and how fat he feels. Anyway, thank you very much. All right, guys, thank you. Yeah, that's really great advice. Phenomenal advice. See you guys. It's really good advice. We're still going, though.